Today's episode of Tipping Pitches is brought to you by Podcorn. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing sponsorship opportunities, such as host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. Alex, without Podcorn, how would you go about finding ads for our small independent podcast here? I have to be honest, I quite literally would not know where to begin. Um, And what's great about Podcorn is that there's no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse the opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and and collaborate with brands. You will never give up any of the rights to your podcast. That's big. That's big. Podcorn is here to support you at every step of the way to ensure that you're protected and compensated for the work that you are doing for these brands. So click the link in our show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities today. Tell us a little bit about what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watched Kimbrel pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. It's amazing, man. Yeah, that's remarkable. Bobby, I would, I would like to turn the tables on you this week. Here, I'm, I'm introing this podcast, gotta and keep it fresh. we got to keep it fresh. And I'm going to do it the only way we know how to do it: an intro to this podcast, which is an Alex Rodriguez joke. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going okay. to pose a question to you. Here we go. And you can close your eyes. This is I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to lay out a scenario for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Me and Alex Rodriguez, we walk into a bar. <laughs> You're at an Airbnb with the boys. Alex Rodriguez says, "I just bought this bar." <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do you like the food? <laughs> You're at an Airbnb with the boys. The okay. boys are hungry. Uh huh. Always. You're hungry. making. You're making some salsa. The boys are always hungry. Yeah. Salsa? Stay hungry. Yeah, you're making some corn salsa. Okay, corn salsa. And Delicious. you need a can opener to Roasted get some beans corn. in there. Uh-huh. There is no can opener at the Airbnb. What do you do? How do you get those beans? Uh, this is a great question. I probably just don't put the beans in. Right? I probably just, yeah, I don't put the beans in. It's not worth it. I'm not one to play around with knives. You know, I'm not going to try to stab it and I'm not going to try to pry it open. I just cringe thinking about the idea of me trying to open something, a can without a can opener. The reason I pose this question to you, which you know, and I'm sure some of our listeners know, is that Tigers prospect Spencer Torkelson, great name, all name team, (laughs) ran into this exact scenario recently. And, uh, you know, your fears came true. He got he got himself a little cut on yeah. his index finger. It was, you know, it was small. He's already back in action. He's doing okay. But he, I, I will read the full quote, uh, courtesy of Evan Petzold, uh, who, who writes for the Free, Pre- Free Press in Detroit. Torkelson said, free, brother. First Amendment. <laughs> the boys were hungry, and I was in charge of dinner that night. I was making, making corn salsa. Corn salsa for dinner. For dinner. <laughs> sure. There was a can of beans in there. That's why the beans were coming in. <laughs> there was a there was a can of beans to put in. The Airbnb didn't have a can opener, so we had to improvise. 
The better question is, what would you do, Alex? Because in this relationship, I think of you as more of the bean corn salsa maker and me as more of the bartender making the drinks while you're prying the can open. So how are you getting the can open, dude? That is such a good question. I do not have a good answer. It it may involve um, some form of banging the can, uh, which, I mean, I'm sure... Astros fans. Maybe we can invite Jose Altuve. Yeah. <laughs> I ah, zing. I, I have <laughs> we're back, baby. Terrible jokes. Uh, to start a podcast off that in the next twenty minutes is actually going to have a real stand-up comedian on it. Here we go. <laughs> um, no, I have a, a take about cans, and then we can move on. Okay. Yeah. Give me all your can takes. Every single can should have a peel-off. Oh, God, they're so great. They're so much better. Why doesn't every can have that? It's 2021, bro. We're putting shit on Mars. We can't open cans with our hands. Yeah. I'm I, I'm also just going to um, say this right now. I, I still usually cannot open those without some help. I usually need to stick a knife under there and pry it up because I have no fingernails or general dexterity. You're in living my life hands. on the edge. <laughs> You have no fingernails. That one's on you. <laughs> that one is on me. <laughs> uh, this is, I love a peel-off can. This is can. fingernail biter erasure. Yeah, that's true. This is a much better way to slice your finger open than previous news stories about professional baseball players slicing their fingers open. Like, for example, with a drone mere days before his uh, his playoff start for Cleveland. Hey, man. When the boys want to fly drones, the boys got to fly drones. When the boys are hungry, the boys need corn salsa. Indeed. Uh, Okay, we are going to have a conversation with the wonderful Rhea Butcher, former guest of this podcast, host of Three Swings, stand-up comedian, album out now. Check the link in the description. Uh, Rhea joined us for our preseason preview package. Over the next couple weeks, Alex and I are going to be talking to various people around the baseball world about... If they were commissioner of baseball and they had a magic wand to wave, what would they try to accomplish in their first 100 days? It's a great conversation with Rhea. We think that you'll, we know that you'll enjoy it. Uh, but before we get to all of that fun stuff and get to some voicemails, uh, I am Bobby Wagner. I am Alex Baisley. And you are listening to Tipping Pitches, the, the only podcast that thinks that all cans should have pull off tops. Maybe not that only podcast that thinks that. <laughs> I think we should keep the can conversation going. What do you think? I mean, I, I'm more of a I'm more of a guac guy than a corn salsa guy. Like if I was with the boys, I think right. that they would want guac, not corn salsa. Right. I mean, I think there's um you know different different utility there, right? I mean, that's that's yeah. like comparing a first baseman and a left fielder, you know? Like you need well, if you you're re- the Mets, they're the same. <laughs> You really, you really need both to complete. You know, like a little, a little guac beforehand. Uh, throw some chips in there, and then corn salsa. I mean, you know, you can make that as robust as you want. Yeah, you put you that on your taco. You, you know, oh, and that absolutely. doesn't change the profile. It just adds a little crunch. Right. Exactly. This is a food podcast now. <laughs> Speaking of food, I'm hungry. So let's get through this intro a little quicker than the pace that we're currently on. Uh, Alex, I have one update for you before we do some voicemails, and then we bring Ria in. Uh, my update is that my Francisco Lindor jersey 
is slated to arrive before opening day. And I want to let you know, I want to let the listeners know that the Jersey versus Jersey argument is not over. In fact, it's stronger than it's ever been. My case hmm. is once I put that Lindor jersey on, it's like it's like a cape. You know, it's like my yeah. superpower. I'm gonna put it on for every single I'm gonna layer every baseball jersey I have for every recording. And every time I make a good point, I'm gonna rip one off and then there's gonna be another jersey on underneath it. You're gonna look so good wearing those jerseys around the house. I'm Seriously, like yeah, no, I am. Yeah. Yeah, your your girlfriend is gonna be like hyping you up. Uh I don't know why you're so hateful towards jerseys. I don't get it. <laughs> did did a jersey hurt you? Did something happen? <laughs> you know what happened is my team hurt me. And, oh, and, right. and okay. all of this a is sudden, an AIDS fan thing. We get it. Okay. Wow. <laughs> actually, it's a, you know, I we're going to politicize this and say, actually, I think we did this the first time we had this co- conversation. You say we, like are, you weren't the one trying to do this. Jerseys are bourgeoisie. Jerseys are proletariat. That's a really hard argument to, to go against. You're right. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. The proletariat deserves some bourgeoisie things from time to time. That's true. I mean, I, I will Indulgences, say this. I think, Alex, I think are you everyone, trying to say that that the proletariat doesn't deserve these fancy things? That we can't eat our cake? <laughs> I, <laughs> Everybody deserves a jersey. Everyone does deserve a jersey. I'm I am on hashtag. board that. Universal basic jerseys. Yes. Send a jersey to every fan. Every fan gets one jersey. They get to pick. Free jersey. Yeah. I mean... Is there anything that would grow the game more than just walking down the street handing out jerseys? Pro- I mean, probably a few things. Yeah, there's a bunch of things that I are going to come up I in this conversation would... with Rhea Butcher. <laughs> okay, Alex, are you ready to play a couple of voicemails? I'm ready. Let's do it. Well, guys, it was only a matter of time before I uh, called in to talk to you about the Major League Baseball team with three times as many World Series championships as the Los Angeles Dodgers in the 21st century, that would be the San Francisco Giants. Um, Start with the bad things. Um, Obviously, the Giants owner, Charles Johnson, has been in the news recently and not recently, not as recently for his, you know, maxed out political donations to QAnon candidates, and uh, which is uh, terrible garbage, but also not a surprise, really. And then there's, of course, the fact that the only reason that we know about Charles Johnson is because Larry Bear, who previously had been the kind of public face of Giants ownership, uh, was caught on video in a domestic violence situation. Um, and so he had to step down out of the spotlight and, and just, you know, all bad things there. Um, on the baseball side, there's the fact that you guys have been noted, noting this in your pieces, but uh, the fact that they the Giants took Donovan Solano, Donnie Barrels, Silver Slugger winning second baseman to arbitration this year over $700,000 in the middle of a rebuild. Like, why? You know, why are we here? Why are we doing this? It's upsetting. Um, on the other hand, there is one good thing that I think is a potentially good thing about the Giants, and that is that, you know, we talk a lot about, and you guys talk about the, the Rays and that brand of sort of like, you know, hashtag smart baseball uh, and, 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 you know, finding the bargain players and underutilized, undervalued players. And then we also talk about how, uh, how, you know, upsetting it is that they don't get surrounded by that those players who are super great, you know, good value, great finds, 
don't get supported by just like other players who are already good and we know they're good and you just have to like sign a check and then they get to be on your team. And I think that there's a really good possibility. I mean, the, the Dodgers have essentially been doing that and wow, they're extremely good. Um, I'm really interested to see how the combination of Zaidi's player development and kind of baseball ops combines with the Giants' willingness historically to just like write some checks. Um, the last thing I, I wanted to talk about was the universe of the H. Um, and it was nice to hear Bobby the other day talk about how he was coming to accept it a little bit because I've been team Bobby since the beginning that is stupid and dumb and I hate it. Um, but, but when Bobby kind of came out the other day and said that it was just maybe okay, it made me feel like the way that I was feeling was okay because I gotta be honest, it was pretty fun. And, uh, so anyway, uh, it's, and that made it all the more frustrating that MLB was like, eh, like, we don't know, like, maybe we won't tell you if there's going to be a universal DH until one week before the season. Um, because, you know, we suck and we hate you and we want you to be sad. Um, so that's, maybe that's the new tipping pitches tagline. Baseball sucks, they hate you, and they want you to be sad. <laughs> Always great to welcome back. Former guest of this show, friend of the pod, Austin Zimmerman, who literally broke the voicemail and had to Call ran ran over his time limit. Um, shout out to Austin! What, what a great what a great human being! Thank you for uh, hitting on like every single talking point of this podcast and just giving us carte blanche to dive into whichever one we want to. Where should we start? The Giants' ownership uh, sucks. We hate them. <laughs> I would like to start with the fact that I learned today, which is that Donovan Solano's nickname is Donnie Barrels. Didn't know that. Which is a great baseball nickname. Donnie Barrels. Oh my goodness. Uh, it's so dumb that they took him to arbitration. He he had an incredible year last year. Just just pay him the $700,000. And when you're a franchise that gives out big contracts, why are you taking these young players to arbitration over $700,000 and ruining potential future relationships with them? I just don't understand it. It'll never make sense for me. It'd be like a billionaire buying a house for $100 million, but then going into Walmart and haggling over the price of toothpaste. This is, yeah. And and for context, this was the Giants' first arbitration hearing in like two decades. So this was like... <laughs> it's contagious. They, You know, this is not something that they have been doing, is taking their players to arbitration. Now that, you know, we obviously aren't privy to whatever backroom deals are going on, negotiations. But at the very least, you know, you're kind of not having to hash this out with a player in, in public. Yeah. And, imagine if and, we were privy to backroom deals. Like, imagine if we rebranded as MLB Insiders. <laughs> That'd be really fun. I think our listeners would love it. The fact that they did it with a guy like Donovan Solano, who, you know, as you mentioned, had a great last year, spent three years away from the big leagues, is really kind of a journeyman player but has, you know, carved out a role on this non-competitive team. The fact that you do it with kind of a player like that, who is seemingly pretty well beloved by his both his teammates and his and the fans, it's like, I, I don't know, slap, slap in the face. I mean, now he says that, Solano says that he's not bitter about it. And I'm sure that's what he's supposed to say. And I I respect him for, for taking the high road there. But like, yeah. you know, 
Donnie B, get that bag. Donnie B. Uh, okay, to, to Austin's point about the Rays and the Giants' potential to do a similar thing to what the Dodgers have done is like what we've said about the Rays in the past to me is never more clear. Like the, the goal of that organization is not first and foremost to win a championship. The goal of that organization is to prove to people how smart they are. And whether or not you can say the motivation of that goal is actually financial or we'll we'll probably never know the answer to that unless we get like public ownership of this team or they come out and say some numbers. But the goal of that organization is to say, we can do this with one hand tied behind our back. Look how cool we are. And that's fine. Like you get close and you're always competitive and you're good and you know, but you're never going to have the same beloved fan base that other bigger teams are going to have who go all in from time to time. You're never going to have, you're never going to create as passionate a fan base as the Padres have created in this offseason by going all in and paying their young star the big contract that he's definitely worth. Like, it's just not, it's not comparable in any way. And if we're going to spin that forward and look at how that might apply to the Giants, it's an interesting case because. You know, you laid out a couple weeks ago on this show that it's mutually exclusive for the Giants and A's to be different size market teams. They play five miles from each other. They play in the same market. They have the same TV market. They're maybe not appealing to the same people in the Bay Area, but technically they're playing in the same market. So I just think that the Giants, because they've been around for so long, because they have a brand recognition, because they've won so much in the past couple decades, are thought of as a big market team, and they have a very wealthy owner. Not that the A's don't. Not that every team in baseball doesn't. But they've proven that they're willing to spend and add on to the intelligent fringe players that they're so good at developing in-house. So they're an interesting candidate, I think, over the next decade to be one of these teams that builds sustainably and actually sort of supplements with the players that we already know are good, like Austin said. And I think that would be good for baseball, too. Like, I think, you know, not not to piss you off or anything like that, but I think it would be cool if the Giants were good again. It's sort of unfortunate that the Dodgers have run roughshod over that entire division ever since the Giants have fallen off a little bit. And I, I enjoy that the Padres are challenging them. And I would enjoy if there was a third team that was challenging them since it seems like the Diamondbacks are, are not going to be doing that anytime soon. Right. Well, it's just healthy for a sport for there to be like reasonable competition within <laughs> divisions or leagues, right? Like I, my allegiances aside, like I think it's healthy for like the Giants to be good and for A's fans to dislike the Giants, right? Like that in itself, I think, creates you know a real engagement with the sport if all the teams are bad like i'm uh, i'm not like actively rooting against the giants right now it feels you know? bad natured like, yeah yeah i feel like that's just mean I, I want them to do well they're just humans trying their best wow you coming out as a sneaky giants fan did not okay. see this one coming. All right. First all right. of all, this guy says one of his top three baseball moments ever is the Matt Cain perfect game. Now he wants the Giants to do well. Is he really an ace fan? I don't know. You I know, know. I, I didn't see either of you guys coming out as pro-universal DH, but here we fucking are, 2021. Let's get it, boys. I did not come out as pro-universal DH. Uh, That's okay, yeah. Walk happened. it back. Walk it on back. 
Ever heard of uh, the word nuance? <laughs> no. <laughs> Online? <laughs> uh, what I did was I begrudgingly accepted that it's a thing that's going to happen and the theater around it has now become stupid and self-absorbed. That was my take. I still think that there should be no DH. I think there should just be no DH in both leagues. But if we've already had it and we're already on this slippery slope, Alex, we're already on this slippery slope towards just DH being, you know, the thing that's in favor. I think that it's stupid that we're still pretending like it's a thing that's not going to happen. It's just a waste of brain space. But good for Austin that he enjoyed it. I'm glad that he was happy. I just want all baseball fans to enjoy the product that they're watching because most of the time it's pretty great. (laughs) At least we can agree on that. Should we play another voicemail? Hey guys, here to talk about Cleveland Indians. Uh, well, of course, I could talk about the owner. My main gripe is with the media in Cleveland. Uh, as they go over the Lindor situation, they keep using the phrase, well, we just couldn't afford him, or saying the team just couldn't afford him. When it's very clear that the team could have afforded Francisco Lindor, they chose not to pay that much to access his services. Uh, you know, the team has been pretty consistent. People trust the ownership, but it's just very odd that they get a total and complete pass uh, in this situation. Let's just call it what it is. They chose not to pay the man. Yeah, I mean, I, it's always been a choice, right? It's always a choice with superstars, uh, even in small market teams, even in teams that claim they're small market. Whether you build around that person or not, whether you treat them like the franchise cornerstone that they are is a complete and total choice. I do think uh, at the end of this voicemail, I don't, I don't think that Cleveland has gotten a complete and total pass. I think that most people have sort of drugged them over the coals. What do you think about that? Maybe I'm not quite as familiar with the local media in Cleveland. They might have just been beaten into submission over all of the stars that Cleveland has traded over the years. But I think from a national perspective and from fans of different teams, certainly of, fan, of Mets fans... <laughs> bashing Cleveland has been part of the joy of enjoying welcoming Francisco Lindor into Queens. Yeah, I think you're you're probably right about that. Although I think that I think that people's capacity for like sustained anger about this sort of thing is rightfully limited. Like there's a lot of really shitty stuff in the world and it's hard to stay um <laughs> angry at one billionaire when there are you know a dozen other ones who were doing equally if not more vile things right so like um i but you know to his point i i think it is important that like the media you know which is a very like large concept scare quotes <laughs> but like you know the the baseball media infrastructure as it exists today yeah, is largely, if not pro-owner, pro-team, right? Pro the institution of uh, a baseball team. Yeah. And which is, if not explicitly, is implicitly pro-owner, right? Because they are the ones who ultimately end up driving that narrative. When you look at it from the quote-unquote team's perspective – you're you're looking at it from the owner's perspective, right? And I think exactly. that's a really really important point that he uh, that he points out here is that saying the team couldn't afford him is reductive, right? Like, oh, this, so this billionaire couldn't couldn't afford him, or 
Are we saying that Paul Dolan himself just literally could not weather having Francisco Lindor on his team? And again, yeah. if not, I not to do the same refrain that we always do when we go down this path, but like, if you can't afford to put a baseball team on the field, what the fuck are you doing in baseball, man? Yeah, why are you owning a baseball team? Exactly. Like, if if I can't afford to like buy pasta, I'm not going to start an Italian restaurant. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just we've sort of we're wrestle we're trying to wrestle back the parameters with which we talk about this. That's why we get on here and have this sustained anger every week. Now, not everybody has this level of energy to put towards this exact thing, and not every media member has this level of energy to get this mad about it every week that we do. But at the same time. People who cover Cleveland day in and day out and people who cover the Cubs day in and day out, people who cover the Rays day in and day out, people who cover the A's day in and day out, they know all the stuff that we say. Like they they know and they probably agree with all of the stuff that we say, but it's just hard to repeat the same story all the time. You know what I mean? It's just not interesting after a certain amount of time. And it makes it harder to do your job day to day. So I think that I actually give beat writers a pass when it comes to this with a lot of this stuff. Because you know what probably sucks is to just be like, wow, it's really bleak. And this team is going to be a lot less fun to cover next year because we've just given away. Because Cleveland has just given away this star that I used to love writing about and used to love watching every day. And maybe that that functions as a level of normal normalization for these franchises and it eventually functions as pro owner, but I don't necessarily always blame the media for that. Number one. And number two, Cleveland specifically as an example is a franchise that has a decent amount of plausible deniability because they remain okay. You know, they remain pretty good. They're great at player development. They churn out these amazing pitchers all the time, even if they end up trading them away. And then when you look at it holistically, yeah, you can criticize them that they haven't won and they're always giving away all these stars and they're always being cheap. I think that it sucks and I think that Paul Dolan should sell the team. That's how I'm entering this conversation. But when you look at each individual move, if you trust that Cleveland is a smart franchise who's going to develop future baseball players who are good, then a lot of them are defensible by this sort of like conservative media barometer that we're using when we're a beat writer who's just telling the fans what's happening inside the organization on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I definitely think it's important to have both perspectives, kind of both that kind of on the ground day-to-day, but also couching that in this is part of a much larger ecosystem. Like you, you know, like you said, it's easy to explain away individual moves like this and say, well, they just couldn't afford Prince Glendor. They just couldn't afford to pay Donovan Solano, that you know, those extra few hundred thousand dollars. And you say, as a fan, that's very easy to understand. You say, yeah, that makes sense. $700,000. I don't have $700,000. You know who does have $700,000? Charles Johnson. Charles Johnson. (laughs) Charles Johnson is such a run of the mill billionaire owner name. God, yeah. Charles Johnson. I agree. Let's get more billionaires with wacky names up in here so we can, I don't know, make fun of them. There's not a lot you can do with Charles Johnson. You can't really do much in the way of spoonerisms. More like Charles Johnson. Got him. Am I right? Oh, my God. He's over. If Charles Johnson's reading this, (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm just imagining when we're talking about getting more billionaires with interesting names, I'm just imagining like that clap the clap emoji tweet format. More billionaires with interesting names. More representation. That's what the world needs. More more like outwardly corny billionaires. Yeah. Like Steve Cohen. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We should get to our conversation with Rhea. We had a really great time uh, talking with them. And uh, and this conversation goes places. I'll just say that. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. So, um... And before we get to that, a quick word uh, from our friends over at the Purple Dinosaur Podcast, which if you're a fan of the Rockies or if you are just want to know more about that franchise since they've been in the news this offseason, uh, they're a, a, a great Rockies baseball podcast. So you'll hear from them and then we'll get to our conversation with Rhea. Purple Dinosaur Cast, Purple Dinosaur Podcast. Tyler Mon and Tony Masterson. Hi, I'm Tyler Mon. And I'm Anthony Masterson. And we're the hosts of the Purple Dinosaur Podcast. We talk about the Colorado Rockies on a podcast for some reason. It's pretty much just as terrible as it sounds. But over the course of the baseball season, we try to do it almost weekly, which is about all we can promise. That's all you really need (laughs) to talk about the Colorado Rockies. (laughs) It's been a rough couple of years for us, guys. And by couple of years, we mean almost 30. (laughs) You can check out the Purple Dinosaur Podcast wherever you get your podcasts at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else. Not even sure if we're on all those platforms, but come find us. We'll have some fun talking. You can always look. Okay, Alex, we are joined again by Rhea Butcher. We are very excited to be joined again. Hello, Rhea. <laughs> what up, you guys? It's good to see you. Glad to be back. It's great to see you. It's great to have you yep. back. Uh, the, the baseball season is, is coming back soon. So we're uh, kinda, yeah, it is. We're loosely previewing it in a way that, okay. in the only way we know how, which is to have overarching conversations about the general state of the game that we love very much. <laughs> sure, um, yeah. to, so, to not talk about the actual baseball is how yeah, we're previewing exactly. the of season. Of course not. I yeah. want to look out on the horizon. You know what I mean? I want to get, <laughs> I want to fly up in a helicopter and look down. Let's to do not it. make <laughs> any predictions that we can be pinned down on in the future because we're, yeah. we're very bad at that. Um, no, so we're inviting some guests on to talk about, you know, if you could have a magic wand, wave mm-hmm. it. And in the first 100 days, as commissioner, you could change a bunch of things about baseball, what are a couple things that you would want to change? But before we even get into that very um, high-level concept that we've invited you on to discuss today, (laughs) um, how are you? How was your off-season? What was your baseball consumption like? What have you been doing? Are you excited for the 2021 baseball season? What's going on in the life of Rhea Butcher? (laughs) So funny. It was funny to hear you say, how was your off-season? Just because it feels like it's been one long off-season. Because I feel like for me... um, and I told you guys before before I hopped on this podcast, I was doing like a little practice with some of the folks from my baseball league and the lack of uh, like participation in that, you know, that I mean, none of us were participating in it, but not having that for a year, like it's it's pretty wild. Um, and then it, it really did change my like baseball relation, my, just my relationship to baseball by not playing it on a weekly basis. <laughs> and also people used to say like, oh man, you must be in really good shape playing baseball once a week. And I'd be like, playing baseball <laughs> once a week. I am not in good shape from that. And then I stopped That's like walking around the block once a week. 
But I will tell you, I was in pretty good shape playing baseball once a week. You know what I mean? Like I realized <laughs> you realized oh God, once you stopped, did. yeah, yeah. Once once I stopped, I was like, oh my god, spaghetti arms. But um, that you know, like, and also just like it's wild to think about it. Like I've been playing with the same like core group. Like our league has expanded over the past couple years, but overall, I have been playing in this baseball league. Um, with the same core group of people for at least five years, it might be six and it might even be seven. I can't keep track of how long it's been, It, but it's, it's, that's a long time to do something. You know, that's a long time to do something that is literally just for fun, you know, and friendship. Yeah. Um, and so it was pretty nuts to have that, you know, not exist as, as, as many things didn't, as many things changed, but, um, this year, it's even more so because it's like the second year and we might be able to play. We might not. I don't know. I'm like watching kids playing and I'm like glad that they're playing. Um, but it's like, yeah, I really miss that a lot. So my my offseason consumption was minimal because of that. Also, I don't really get I'm not I'm not a huge fan of like the hot stove stuff, you know? Yeah, it's not. It's just not my jam. I don't I'm not like super into it. Um, and also, like, for the first time in my life, uh, a team of people that I really like won the World Series, so I didn't really have to give a shit. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I was like, whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, cool, do whatever. And then they did the one thing I didn't want them to do, which is hire Trevor Bauer to pitch for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no! I was I was honestly devastated. When that fucking, when he posted that video, I was just like, oh, God! <laughs> Like, could I just have this for a little bit long? Nope. Okay. All right. Well. Party's over. I had a couple months. Party is over. (laughs) (laughs) Rhea describing playing baseball with friends is basically how you and I describe doing this podcast together, Alex. Just like, (laughs) just a thing we're doing for fun. Don't know how long we've been doing it. Feels like we've been doing it for a really long time. Just keep doing it. Just keep playing. We do it it once a week. And um, I, it's probably, it's a workout. It's a yeah. It's a mental, a mental workout. workout. I'm usually sure. sweating by the end. I don't know what that Have says about me. Have you guys consistently done it for a week every week? Yeah, basically. Just, yeah, just about in season and off season. In season, season and off season. Off season. Wow. There is no off season. Yeah, no off season for me. And Alex. Bitches, there's no off season. <laughs> well, it's a guaranteed way for us to get on a Zoom for two hours every week at, sure. at minimum. So we, we yeah. carve out this time for each other as well as for the I mean, people who cool. for some reason listen along. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but we've been doing it. I mean, we've been doing it every week since 2017. Wow. We've taken a couple weeks off here and there. Like when I when I moved across the country, I did not sure. call in while driving through the desert in Arizona <laughs> to do a podcast about like I don't know, like you said, hot stove. You know, where is right. Rich Hill going to sign? But uh, <laughs> otherwise, we've done rise, it every- baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, Thank it's God. In- it's interesting that you 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 mentioned kind of playing baseball actually the the act of playing baseball kind of changes your relationship to your consumption of it you know i think it it kind of ties back to the conversation we had the first time you came on about like mm-hmm. what is baseball actually and and the the difference between baseball the sport and baseball the the product and how those yeah. two kind of kind of overlap and i i do think that like actually getting out and like having a game of catch taking some bp like that pure 
Yeah. Like not to sound like an asshole about baseball, but like that <laughs> purest distillation about it can definitely give you kind of the kick in the pants that you need to go and and watch your favorite team. Um, oh, 100 percent. That's why I always wear a cup, you know. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> I love that you think that's the like asshole description. Like that is baseball. Like yes, this no. other shit is not baseball. <laughs> like, oh, like uh, Rob Manfred's version of baseball is like the purest. Like, absolutely not. That I, hunk of metal? Come on. <laughs> I have to I have to avoid uh being overly earnest in public just sure. because of the the you know irony crusted uh, persona, world. online persona <laughs> right. that I have. <laughs> of course. <laughs> God forbid you love anything and express it. That would Abs- be the end absolutely. of the world. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Um, okay. Speaking of loving things, expressing it and how we can continue to love them, Rhea, uh, we brought you on here to wave your magic wand and change Rob Manfred's baseball. Um, we asked you to, to come up with, you know, two, two, two or three things. Um, so, so let's kick it over to you. What, if you could wave your magic wand, would be the first yeah. thing that you would change in your first 100 days as baseball commissioner? Uh, the first thing that I would change. Now, I didn't, I've been thinking about these ever since you posed it, but I was like kicking them around and no, nothing was sticking, you know? So yeah. this, this is off. This is on my toes. But this is, this is off in my top, first hundred days, it. <laughs> yes, free, no, no warm ups for me. Thanks. Um, I'll just go in ice cold. Um, That's what most stand ups do, right? They don't workshop yeah, anything. Never. I'm just, when, what did I want to talk about? You know, um, first 100 days, the, the first thing I would do is, uh, is now this is not, I don't even know if this is a written rule. It probably is. Uh, whether or not uh, I would immediately, uh, desegregate gender in baseball immediately first hundred days i would be drafting some softball players i would be bringing in women non-binary trans folks i would be completely changing the game in terms of gender (laughs) in (laughs) the first hundred days everyone would leave and then a bunch of people would come back (laughs) and i would love it uh because i would love to see that i would love to see a game that is played um not based on what what we've talked about, like this whole one baseball thing, you know, like I was just thinking about this and I was like, how am I going to present this? Because like, to me, what's interesting about that is that um, we believe that these guys are the best of the best. Right. And I'm not saying that they're, that they're not, but why do we believe that they are? There are a lot of people on the planet. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and like, I, I just want the like, the barriers of entry. So basically it would be like, uh, scout the world. You know what I mean? Like you no, no more of this like travel ball only and stuff like that. Like I want, I want to bring in different, I want to Portland Mavericks the game. That's what I want to do. I want to bring some people in who really want to play baseball. And then I want to see who sticks, you know, like I want to change the game that way. And I want a more accessible product for lack of a better word, uh, for the average person. Wow. I love that. <laughs> That's what I would Straight do. Up, just turning <laughs> the game on its head. And yet also yeah. like, like not right. Like I think no. what, when that happens, what a lot of people would realize is, Oh, actually these people are really talented and this is still an enjoyable product to watch. Yeah. Cause and, like you guys have seen Aaliyah. I don't know what her last name is. Cause the, the only name I know her by is air Aaliyah at this point, but the, <laughs> the uh, LSU tiger center fielder, who has made the same like leaping grab, like not two games in a row, but yeah. um, like, 
like you don't want to watch that. Like you don't want to watch that on primetime. Like you don't want to see that, you know, <laughs> in in the outfield also with Mookie Betts. Like I absolutely do. Like how much more fun is that? You know, I, I think it's more fun personally. Yeah. So so here's where the magic wand comes in, because technically this is not a rule. You know, you're not changing right. any rule. Um, Although in- I will. Can I pose this? Because I'm not sure, because I do know that there was a rule and right. and it was it was a rule. Did they remove that rule that uh, that is what shut down the All American Girls Professional Baseball League? I just looked the- it up. They removed the rule in 1992, and of course, nothing yeah. has changed since then because of that's what happens. Yeah, they, like it, you, if you have a hundred years of established practice, and then you just change the rule ceremoniously one day because it right. looks really bad. It's not all then, of a sudden just going to change and flip on its head. So, you know. And then, what, 29, laters, 29 years later, you get Kim Ng. Yes, exactly. <laughs> One as, person as a running GM. a baseball team. Yeah, as a GM, <laughs> right, not right, even yeah. as a player. Who yeah. was literally working when that happened. Like, yeah. literally doing the job that, like, other guys did for a year before they became GMs. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. so, we've had a few examples of players, uh, of women playing in indie league ball. Um, and I do think that this is the type of thing, if we're going to dive into it a little deeper, um, that would need to change from the development stage up, you know, like we just had a, we just had a conversation last week with Ryan O'Hanlon who talked about how soccer develops their players versus how baseball develop their, develops their Mm -hmm. players. And we expressed, you know, um, frustration with baseball development because it's pay to play. Number one, it's pay to play. So that's already exclusionary of people who can't access it from an economic perspective, but it's Mm -hmm. also just socially speaking, it's almost impossible in the climate of baseball that we have right now uh, without a massive overhaul to, to let girls, non-binary trans people play with in boys baseball growing up because it's just the coaches are not welcoming to it. The the other parents are not welcoming to it. The other players are taught not to be welcoming to it. So Yeah. yeah, I mean, as we talk about with a lot of structural issues with baseball, I mean, this is the type of thing with from the development stage up, from the youth stage up. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard if you think about it. Just just tell the kids, the the leagues <laughs> and stuff, just stop excluding people intentionally. Sure. But then again, you get into the to the sticky territory of, yeah, the answer seems obvious, but there are a lot of complicating factors right. there. And there's a lot of people involved. And like, so like Justine Siegel's, uh, I mean, she's it's not hers. She doesn't own it, but she started uh, Baseball for All. And I just say that because she would be like, I don't own it. I feel like that's what she would say <laughs> as soon as I said that. But uh, that was like her intention with creating that, not just to have a place for, you know, girls, non-binary, gender, non-conforming kids to play, but they also like take on essentially like legal battles or like pre-legal battles um, of little leagues all across the country uh, when girls are told you can't play because there's no there's really no legal standing for that. Um, but it's just easy to do because they're softball because like yeah. they can go. No, no, you have to go do that now. Um, but. What's interesting to me, and this is just like a, it, this is just literally based on like Ian Desmond's experience, you know, that we that we as in baseball, as in this country have stopped publicly funding these kinds of things, you know, like mm-hmm. public schools are. The, the physical schools are, you know, like not being funded and the education system within it is not being funded. And like these sort of community things like Little League is not funded. So like it's already on the brink. And like, of course, when you feel like you're already losing access to something, um, of course, you're going to keep people out that you don't want in there because you feel like you're going to lose it. And so 
it's much bigger than coming in and being like, no, you have to do this. It's like, to me, it, <laughs> if you keep pulling on the thread, but like s- sports and specifically baseball, but sports for children, you know, like that's the thing. This is a magic wand for Major League Baseball. But what I really want is a ma- magic wand to sort of recreate a new culture around sports where we realize that the playing is the point. You know, the point is not winning. The point is not getting to the major leagues. It might for some of some people, but like, don't we want to have a a, a culture and a society where kids get to learn how to be around each other? You know, like that's that's what I want. When when I was playing with my friends hours ago, it was on a field that has like three fields all together, right? And there was a uh, little kids, little boys playing. I have no idea if there were girls over there. It didn't sound like it. And uh, they were playing and like everybody was so jazzed. I don't know if it's just probably because of the pan- all of this stuff, just like to see these kids. People were blowing out <laughs> their voices like for every play, every every contact. They were like losing their minds. And, you know, like all all these like anti-trans kids bills that are across the country. It's so sad to me. And we don't need to get into all the details of it because it's not representative of a population. It's representative of like, a, you know, a right wing think tank, essentially. But hearing that, you know, we, we're in this culture now where people are like, no participation trophies. Like, you got to stick it, you know, whatever. The cheering is the participation trophy. Every kid, I don't care how terrible you are at a sport, every kid deserves to have a group of people go, yeah, like that at least once in their life. And that's all I want. You know what I mean? That's all I want to see. And I feel like, um, and that's what I love about baseball is it gives you many opportunities to do that. You know, so essentially this is a very long-winded thing of like, the more people are playing sports, the more people are playing sports. Like who, why, why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you want to get on board with that? You know? And I truly think I've been playing with the same league for seven years. I have learned so much I have learned so much about um, like cis dudes. I have learned so much. I have changed so much about my own experience based on them sharing their experience. You know, like it, it has changed so much about me. And like I could not, I couldn't have gotten that anywhere else. You know, I couldn't have had that experience anywhere but on a baseball field playing with other people whose experience of their life I thought I knew. And then I, it was like, like my brain exploded, you know, like, I'm just like, oh, I never thought of that. Like, it took me three years to realize these guys are like, it's really hard for me to throw at for the women to pitch to them because I've, it's been drilled into me. Don't hit women. Don't hit girls. <laughs> and so they're, it, they get in their head about like, but I'm not supposed to do this. And like, they, the women, they want to throw to the women because they care about the, their friends and the game and everything. And, but it's this other thing that I just never thought of having to overcome, you know? And it's like, Oh, right. I wouldn't have gotten this experience anywhere else. You know, there's this, there's this real assumption too, that, that softball is the kind of the analog to baseball, right? That it is, it's the same thing. And what's the, what's the problem if we, we push the the girls in that (laughs) direction, right? (laughs) When like, fundamentally it's incredibly different it's a different it's yep. like it's like basketball and soccer yes there are yep. there are goals at the end and the players yep. run back and forth but yep. 
but it's incredibly different. And I'll use this this moment to say that when uh, in high school on my high school baseball team, we challenged the our the girls softball team. Um, Tradition like is all this time. Tradition yeah. is all this time. And the, boy, the baseball team gets waxed. Absolutely waxed. <laughs> yes. Did you did you play softball or did you play baseball? No, we played we played softball. You played softball. Okay, right. great. So right. So it's this experience of wow, softball is an incredibly hard, hard sport, and success yeah. success yeah. at baseball doesn't guarantee you. <laughs> no. It's it's not like a, the, a hierarchy, right? It's a right. it's horizontal. They exist on different yeah. planes. Yeah. It's interesting uh, that you said a hierarchy because uh, I feel like that's something that just recently I've been sort of because people talk about the patriarchy all the time. And and when I use the word or think about the patriarchy, it's not men, <laughs> you know, it's a, a mode of thinking, you know, yeah. like patriarchy is a mode of thinking and operation. Right. And so anybody can do it. We all do. You know, it's not when I say that the patriarchy, I don't mean a group of men or men or anything. <laughs> Uh, no, we meet. We meet on. We meet on Thursdays. Um, it's <laughs> right. the patriarchy me- meeting. Oh, shit. It's a I'm small room. It's, it's very smoke filled. <laughs> 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 Smells awful. Um, can't even describe the smell. You know, it's just like anyway. It has a top. To Invitation it. Uh, comes on parchment. You know, it's handwritten. <laughs> right. Yeah, I gotta wear powdered wigs. Um, but hierarchical thinking is like it is is part of that. You know, and so. It's interesting because I think you're 100% right, Alex, that those two sports are horizontal, and yet we believe there is a hierarchy to them, as though baseball is superior to softball, you know, um, because, 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 because of misogyny, because of whatever. Um, And, like, I have never, I have never, I I always and will always appreciate softball. Like, it, it, like you said, it's, it's a sport in and of itself. It has its own, uh, value required like talent all all those things but my issue has always been that it was this like easy way to get women out of baseball you know and yeah. so that um it's a very convenient and easy thing because men were playing softball before it became a, a women's a gendered thing which yeah. was just before title nine if 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 we wouldn't if that wouldn't have happened before Title IX, then you would have women's baseball teams. You would have men's baseball and women's baseball at college. But because they squeaked it out right before Title IX, and probably the whole Maria Pepe thing and softball, all of that stuff is probably what led to those dominoes falling to actually having Title IX. But um, that is what has always bothered me about it, is that it's like... It's this because it's not it's not the same. Like you said, it's like it's like football and soccer being the same thing. It's like there's two goals. You got to it's on grass. Okay, you know, like every (laughs) pass it to each other. We're trying to move in one direction. Yeah. Yeah. But fundamentally, it's it's it is a very different game. If it wasn't a different game, then then why are women playing it? You know what I mean? Like, that's always the argument that I make. Like, if it's the same, why is it different? You know what I mean? If it's the same thing, then why is it not called baseball? Yeah. You know, like yeah. if it's not ba- if it was baseball, you would call it baseball, but it's not baseball because it's softball. Yeah. So you know, like I'm not picking up on this gaslighting. You know, <laughs> there, the thing about okay, the thing that's always struck me about softball is so if we take a magnifying glass, we take a critical lens to baseball, mm-hmm. and we say, are we doing anything remotely right with this sport in this country? In that we only let a very small subsect of the population actually play it 
at a competitive level. It's mostly white, mostly men between the ages of 18 and 40 are the only people who are allowed to play this version of this game. And that's the only time we consider it real. Like if you're the person in charge of baseball, you know, now Rhea, you're imaginary commissioner, (laughs) or if you're Rob Manfred or you're whoever, if you're Bud Selig, it doesn't even matter. This isn't even an anti-Manfred thing. This is an anti-MLB thing. Why is that good for your sport? Like there's no, there's not that many other sports that we have in this country where we're like, this is the only valid version of this sport. And it only happens in this in in baseball with these specific men throwing really hard and you yeah. know partially ruining their bodies for the, this portion of their <laughs> lives for right. our entertainment. But after they've graduated on from that, then when they're old, they they go play with their friends in a softball league. So right. what was the problem all along? Like yeah. what was the problem all along? If they're just going to go play softball eventually with their friends, like Alex and I did together in college, and we lost a lot of games. We we also won a lot of games by forfeit because nobody else showed up other than our team. We didn't actually play a lot of games. <laughs> You're right. Um, yeah, you can't get NYU kids to care about sports. That's just one thing that I learned in my sure. four years there. Um, then then why are we acting like softball is this gendered thing all the way up until you're 40 and then suddenly you get to like get over it and and play mm-hmm. with your friends because it's a really fun thing to do with your friends whether no matter what your gender identity is. That, that's yeah. the part that's never really made sense to me about the softball-baseball divide. It's like, we just let it erode over time, and we use mm-hmm. it as, we being baseball, like you identified it earlier, we just use it as this cudgel when it's yeah. convenient for the people who want to hold the power and keep these same people right. playing baseball. Because it's just, a, it's just, it is literally just a discriminatory thing. And we are so... Um, and, I, you know, it's breaking up right now. That's why all this stuff is is happening. And I probably will not live to see it completely break apart. And that's okay. But, like, we are so committed to, um, you know, and I, I, like, I hesitate to use the word segregate too much, but it is, it, it, it is, it literally means segregating people by separating them by this. But we are so committed to separating people or compartmentalizing them or organizing them by gender. You know, like when you think about even just elementary school, like take sports out of it, you know, you line up boys and girls, you know, it's like, it's just as soon as you come out, the doctor is like, well, it's a boy or it's a girl. Like it's just so ingrained and embedded in our daily lives that of course it continues, you know, of course it pervades everything, you know, and then when it's convenient, it can be used on a larger scale, you know, and most people, I don't, you know, I'm watching these softball games and there's a lot of people at these games. And that, that I think is really important because I think, and I want to be more supportive of softball because I know that my like resistance to it doesn't help it at all. (laughs) You know, like just because I don't want to play it or I have a, you know, thing against, what it's being used as doesn't mean I can't also support it, you know? And I think people finding the value, like I appreciate everybody like posting softball shit. Cause it's just like, right. If we appreciate this stuff, it all starts to come closer together, you know? And it becomes less about like, it becomes less about, Oh, well, this one person will get to come over. This one person will get to try it out or it's all on this one person. And it, it's more about like, ah, this is weird. I like all of this. So it yeah. starts to come together, you know? Yeah. The curtain really gets pulled back when Major League Baseball players are like, you know, tweeting out highlights or like, (laughs) you know, of uh, from softball games and being like, wow, look at this amazing catch or whatever. Right. And you have a bunch of 
people in the comments be like, that's, you know, not a real sport. They're, you know, could never survive on them. And it's like the, literally the people at the top of their yeah. field, the field that yeah. you are defending are, are yeah. in awe o- over, over this, this person. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. I'm, I'm just like way more interested in the fact that they're sending it out. It's like, yeah, people are going to be assholes. Like who cares? You know, I remember a couple years ago, uh, when the Royals were, you know, post World Series or whatever, or it was around when they won. Um, I think it was Mike Mustakis and somebody else. They were down in the like, you know, the warm up uh, pitching cages or whatever. Not the not the bullpen or yeah, not the bullpen, but like the the practice practice stuff. Mm-hmm. And because um, I think whoever won the college softball World Series that year came to visit them. And he was like sitting on, you know, they have those like roller executive chairs, which is always very funny to me that those are the chairs that they just have lying around. But he was like sitting on one of those to catch probably because like he's tired, you know, like not not I don't think he meant any offense by it, but he was like catching this the the winning pitchers like rise ball and he caught it and he went flying back in the chair because he just I don't think he was thinking about the fact that he's not a catcher. So whatever. But I just remember like. I love that stuff, you know, and like more of that happening, it can only be good for both games. You know, I think I think it's helpful for baseball to have a little more humility in it, you know, of like we're not the only ones to do this thing. And to go back to the other point of like the only people or, you know, the the majority of players are, you know, this like 18 to 40 year old like white man. Uh, which is something like what ninety five percent of baseball? It's like a it's a yeah. kind of ridiculous number because it's reflective of the ownership of that game. I think that that game, you know, every all the ownership, with the exception of perhaps the NBA, is super Republican, right? Super GOP Republican, um, and the NFL doesn't look like that, you know, <laughs> but yeah. MLB does um, because it's still. And and I don't even think that the NFL is doing it out of the goodness of their heart. I, in fact, I know that they're not. Uh, they're doing it because they know it makes them a lot more money. But that's the thing about MLB owners. They kind of don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's something that I'm still like, I wonder what you guys think about. Like, wh- like it's it's impossible. Like, how could you not, at this point in 2021, as like a billionaire owner of a baseball team, which is probably not your primary source of income you know this is this is this is like a secondary you know this is a second third home for you i think the line that you used last time you were on the show was most of these guys are like halliburton executives (laughs) yeah i mean they're former ceos you know like these guys are this is a level of wealth that we will never even sniff at you know what i mean like this the Ricketts are like the the treasurer of the gp gop like this is stuff that (laughs) is very far away you know but I just don't understand how how you could not see the, ben- the 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 financial benefit at this point to literally having a more diverse field of athletes. Like, how can you not look at the NBA yeah. and the NFL and go, wow, these guys are superstars. And it's because more people see themselves reflected in those people playing the game. You know, it just I don't I mean, <laughs> it's just pure. You know, I only I want to see watch myself do it like that's that's got to be what it is like. It has to be more simple than I'm giving them credit for, you know, like, yeah, it's got to be. I think they're afraid of hard work. Like, I think that it's hard if you imagine (laughs) baseball, the CEO afraid of hard work. (laughs) Bobby, what are you talking about? You came to the right place to have that take. 
Um, I think that if you imagine the path of baseball, uh, uh, the the path of an MLB player, and you you envision it sort of as like a series of steps up that you have to take, you know, from little league up to travel ball, from travel ball up to you know the the Babe Ruth team, from the Babe Ruth team up to an AAU team, and so on and so on, the high school team to, to whatever, and then perfect game. And then perfect game to college or perfect game to the draft. And then the draft to the minors, the minors to the majors. That's a lot of different steps where there's there's sort of a barrier for most people, an accessibility barrier for most people that we've been outlining on this podcast today. And to change every single, to make it better at the major league level, you're going to need to make the talent development at every step of the way better. And that's just really mm-hmm. hard for them to do if they're not fully committed 100% of the time to doing that, which yeah. they're not even fully committed to owning the team, let alone changing the sport of baseball in America. I know. Right. Yeah. I mean, you try approaching like a kid who comes from a working class family with like maybe a single parent household, whatever it is, like living paycheck to paycheck and say, Hey, we want you to come p- play this sport. You're really good at it. Um, you're not actually technically going to get paid for like four or five years because you have to yeah. prove yourself. You'll get like 15K a year, you know, and then you can go find another job in the offseason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I think that other sports are, I mean, it's ex- exploitative because you can say, you can go to a kid like that and say, hey, we have a way for you to make a big check right now. Right. Mm -hmm. You can you can cash in on your talent and see the return. And so it it makes sense. Right. That Mm -hmm. I I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say, but that (laughs) but that, you know, when you see white affluent athletes going to baseball, it's like, yeah, because they're the ones who can weather that storm. right? Right. And actually fight through all the all the bullshit. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's the unpaid internship conversation that we're having. Like who. I've never had an un. I-, I could never consider that, you know. But like, who, who, who can consider taking an unpaid internship? You know, only people who are floated by their families. Well, and and that's not that's not always like oh, this super affluent person. It's literally like the gap has just widened from. I mean, I personally think the middle class was always like a fig- figment, but, uh, you know, this like ideal <laughs> that everyone thinks they're in, but they actually aren't. Like I saw somebody say lower middle class and I was like, please, sweetheart, come on. Let's, <laughs> can we just can we do away with that? Like, let's come on. Let's get real here. You know, um, you're just like white and you've gotten along like that's <laughs> You just you know keep I mean? getting like, enough jobs to remain yeah, paying your let's rent. Let's get yeah. honest here. Let's get honest, honest, honest. That's not a thing. Um. I'm I'm middle middle class. <laughs> like we're talking about pitches. Like we're talking about <laughs> fastball location or whatever. Um I'm middle middle in class. Um <laughs> But it goes Great back horizontal to like, movement though. Uh, unbelievable right, horizontal right. movement. Purely purely horizontal movement, no vertical. Um but it's it goes back to kids, you know. There's just cuz when you just listed that whole hierarchy of all the baseball, there's so much extra shit in there. You can't yeah, just absolutely. play little league and then play in high school and then play in college and then get drafted. Like there's all this other shit that you have to do. Now I understand that like all sports are like that now because money, 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 money. <laughs> Let's make some more money. <laughs> yeah. Give kids more opportunities to play. But At I mean, I personally the way, just, there's someone there collecting rent. 
Absolutely. Know? It's, it, Come that's to this thing. Go Alex to that thing. Alex described it yesterday as like perfect games. Like this organization that comes in is like, well, baseball development has to happen before they get yeah. to the major league. So why not us be the group yeah. of people to make a little extra cash at that step? Yeah. I don't know. I just believe deeply in like, you know, municipal public funding for community services like little leagues and football. And like, why not have leagues that are geared towards like black kids? You know, like, why not have that and just be like, this is for black kids to come play baseball? <laughs> like, why not? Like, at this point, you have the opposite. So why wouldn't you have that? You know, like, why wouldn't you provide that? You know, and then I, I don't know. But, um, you know, like what Ian Desmond is doing. Um, but of course, you know, you don't want to be discriminatory. But I feel like we we lose out on so much like specified services for people. Because it's like, well, you can't, you don't want to keep, you don't want to just have one group of, but it's like, nobody's getting anything, you know, like only the rich people are getting stuff because we're not funding anything. So I don't know. Um, I don't know what the, I mean, my magic wand would be give more kids more opportunities to play baseball because I think there's a lot more to baseball and anything than just natural physical ability. Like there are people who have, natural baseball intelligence like look at lebron james like he has athletic intelligence like there's a difference there he has both things you know like not everybody has that and like if somebody has athletic intelligence and doesn't have the athletic ability why not like keep them in that community so they work within the thing and then it just brings more and more people into it instead of only only the people that look like us get to do that you know cuz you cannot tell me that somebody like jared porter knows baseball more than I do. You just can't. Or you guys. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't believe it. You know, yeah. anybody, anybody who loves baseball can do the job that that guy was going to do, you know? Like, that. it's yeah. just, you just can't. And yet, Major League Baseball would like to point to it's, it's one female GM or a, a bench coach in the Major Leagues. And, or Jackie uh, Robinson. Right, or yeah, Jackie. And right, say, still. and say, see... We are accepting of everyone. You know, little yeah. little girls, non-men everywhere can see themselves in this game because there's w- one person <laughs> yeah. in a front in a front of it. You know, like yeah. our work our yeah. work here is done. Now it's on you guys to actually come play the game. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we're going to but there's no uh there's no support before you get to the stadium. You know, it's right. like, and well, I shouldn't say no support because I do believe there's a lot of people, the, 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 you know, the mechanism of Major League Baseball is doing this, but there's a lot of people that are working behind the scenes to change these things, you know, yeah. and a lot of women that we don't see, you know, so there's, there's also that. So I do, I do think it's both things. It's both that like they're ready to kick up their heels, put their feet on the desk and hit send on the post of like, look at what the game has become and we wouldn't be here without Jackie and like all that stuff. Uh, But at the same time, it is true that it is the beginning of something changing. It's already changed. You know, it's already changed the day that Kim Ng sat in on field with Derek Jeter. It's already different, you know, Um, and it's not good enough. Like I, I used to think, oh, well, great. Oh, here it is. And like, just think that's like good enough and it's not, but it is different. So again, who knows if I will live to see it, but I honestly, like two years ago was like, I don't know if I'll ever live to see a woman in a baseball uniform on field. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to live to see that. And then 
what's her name in San Francisco was Alyssa coaching Nagin. first base. And I, yeah, yeah, I was like, well, there you go. I was wrong. So like happy to be proven wrong. Great. You this know? is amazing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love being wrong for this reason. Yeah. <laughs> I love being wrong. And like, because legit, like that is a big, op- that that is big. The uniform, like think about how much we like ritualize and like, a, like we hold up a uniform. I mean, especially in baseball, like, it, yeah. that, that's why we didn't want women in the w- military because it's not like oh we don't want women dying in war it's like no you don't want women to get to have that opportunity you know because it's like sacred or whatever if you believe that and so like sacred to die for your country yeah, I mean oh it, my it gosh. also is you know what I mean like it is yeah. that's like right, a, it, right, yeah. it, it is and it isn't like you as an American you get to ha- you get to have whatever opinion on that that you want you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean yeah. but like but then if you start, yeah, you start pulling that thread, it's like, well, if it's the equal opportunity to die for our country, then why aren't a lot of other things equal opportunity, right? Right. I think actually, and this is a baseball podcast, so it fits in. There's a there's an episode of my dear friend Adam Conover's uh, podcast called Factually with uh, uh, Bryn. I can't think of her last name, um, but she uh, w- was on talking about the trans military ban. Uh, and this was before it was lifted. And if anybody wants to get into the weeds of that, it's like I, you know, my feelings, beliefs around all that stuff, like anti-imperialism and everything like that. It's like I'm all you're always changing and growing and like realizing, oh, just because I don't I don't believe in this or agree with this doesn't mean that I think it's OK that somebody could be discriminated against to have health care or serve their country if they want to. You know, yeah. like that doesn't mean that I can check out of that or whatever. And so the same goes like to me, it's 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 very they're very intertwined, you know, because like the uniform puts you on a team and it it makes you part of the thing. And if you keep somebody out of the thing, that's a very deep thing it's 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 a very like it's it's uh it can break it breaks somebody's spirit you know what i mean and that that brings me back to the like anti-trans kids bands and sports it's like you are trying to break a person you are trying to break them for who they are you know you say it's to protect other people but we all know that it's not because we're talking about one two three four kids in a in an area in a state that are actively playing sports like you are literally trying to break the spirit of this of a child, you know, because you don't like it because it makes you uncomfortable. And then um, you present them softball it, and you yeah, say, right, this is right. great. Yeah. And you did it with women before, before it was like, you know, women, what in air quotes or whatever. Um, and now you're doing it with women again, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. and you're, you're dividing people against each other, you know, people that you let in and now you're like, Oh, well they want to come in. So they're going to take your stuff. And it's like, it's, it's all here. There's enough for everybody, you know? Wow, we got that, into war. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we got into anti-imperialism. Let's go. I love having that moment of introspection 45 minutes into a podcast where we're like, oh, we were just talking <laughs> about the entire U.S. all in one. <laughs> but I mean, baseball is America's pastime. So it, what is it if it's not a reflection of every single thing that exists within this country? 100%. 100%. Yeah, um, that was Bobby. Bobby asked me that on the on the podcast a few weeks ago it was like, is baseball even really America's pastime, right? Like, do you think of it as that? And I was like, I mean, no, mm-hmm. but also if yes. <laughs> by pastime you mean reflective of the rest of the country, then yeah, that's, that's yeah. part and parcel. Yeah. I mean, I wonder, that's a good question because like I always considered it to be, but I feel like perhaps in this m- millennium, I'm not sure, you know, post nine 11, I guess. Cause I feel like nine 11, you know, happened during baseball season and, you know, the, the Bush first pitch and all that stuff. Like 
the games coming back. And I feel like that was very, very much still in, in alignment with what we're talking about with baseball being such a big thread through the country and the, the way that it works. But I, I feel like, I don't know where along those lines it sort of has strayed from that. Cause I don't know that it, I, I don't know that I could say if we're talking about 2021 baseball is America's pastime and it's reflective of the current culture and, you know, that I don't know that I could say definitively, yes. I could say kinda, but not like what we've perhaps like grown up feeling it to be. Yeah. But in the sense that like, you know, so many subsects of people in America are like reverting into themselves and holding on for dear life to the version of something that they know. That's baseball right now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> that's, you know, that's true. Hold, Bobby. Gripping the wheel a little bit too tight and saying we need to keep this as something that's important to us, and here is mm-hmm. why, and then wagging our mm-hmm. finger at the people who tell us that it needs to change. That's baseball, and that's also America. Yeah, but what's funny though is baseball itself is not doing that right now. Like they're like you know changing it to seven innings and the, you know all this shit. They're like doing looking into like uh you know changing all kinds of shit around it which is wild cuz that's the opposite cuz i think you're totally right bobby but yeah. at the same time the corporation of baseball is like let's figure it out <laughs> you know yeah the i think we should is like more black people <laughs> like it literally <laughs> is like oh it's insane i think we should you know? have we need the same reckoning with like American politics in this country. Like, uh, let's all just get together and um change a bunch of rules. <laughs> yeah, no more no more Supreme Court. Throw um, it out. Or Throw or five out. more justices. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like why don't, I don't I don't really care. Let's just we need something different. <laughs> yeah, we really do. Could we uh, have a president, I don't know, younger than 78 <laughs> in my <laughs> lifetime? <laughs> oh wait, we already did with Barack Obama. Can we have another one, please? Yeah. <laughs> um Okay, well, Rhea, we spent you know, 45 yeah. minutes on your first wand wave. That's uh, great. We don't I need mean, to spend... the biggest one, you Yeah, know? exactly. We don't need to spend 45 minutes on your next one or two, but were there other ones that you had sort of in your head that you wanted to pose in those first 100 days, big or small? Well, I mean, I think given the conversation that we just had, I would, I would wave a magic wand and reduce. I'm being very kind here. <laughs> I'm being, you know... A person of the people, as I like to say, uh, and greatly reduce the like on-field uh, uh, military presence uh, in baseball. Nice, because I don't, you know, I I can't say that I would want to remove it, and and I I say that because I've gone to I don't know if they do this in other places because I I haven't gone to that many games in other places, but at Dodger Stadium they always have a hero of the game, and I will say it is a hell of a thing to watch an entire stadium of people cheer for somebody that made it back, you know, um, whether or not I agree with any of it. Uh, you know, I've seen people with canes, you know, with walking implements, um, and it's a hell of a thing. And I'll say the one that was the biggest hell of a thing was, uh, when I went to LGBT night at Dodger stadium, 2018, 2017, I can't remember which season it was. And the man that they honored that night served during Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And uh, my partner at the time ran over because they're always by the the Dodger dugout. I think we were on first on the first base side, and she shot out of her seat and ran over there to like find him and got to him and and shook his hand. And he said to her, he was like, "This is like the I have never felt like this in my life." 
every yeah. day serving my country, I never felt like this. And uh, he was like, this is the first time that I actually feel, you know, like honor, you know, appreciated for what I did. And like, that is, that is important, whether it is something that I disagree with or not. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, my hope is that, you know, we create a world where less and less people have to do that. You know, like the choice is less and less prevalent, but um, I, I also just don't know that, you know, completely removing it because, you know, I mean, Jackie Robinson served in the military, you know, like I, I think it is important to remember those things because a lot of baseball players did do those things. But um, I don't know that um, it, it's become like theatrical, you know, something like that where you have like a person that you're honoring is like way different than like a bunch of baseball players playing soldier dress up you know like right. it's yeah, just wearing not the american flag let's on their spend hats. four four million on a three second flyover it's not you know? like that like, kind of shit like it's disgusting and like how much how much that four million dollars like how many kids could play baseball for that much money you know you know what <laughs> i mean like it's yeah. it's 100 yeah. percent. yeah a lot <laughs> yeah and, and i mean not to be like bleak about it but oftentimes like those you know night recognition moments it's like that's that's more support than they've gotten from their government, I know. most likely. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like at least at least someone's cheering for them. Yeah, yeah. that's a good. Yeah. I mean, so definitely get the flyovers out of there. Such a waste. <laughs> <laughs> no one will miss it either. No one will be sitting there and going, "Wait, why wasn't there a flyover?" Because every time I go and I'm like, "What the? Sh- oh, right, God, you know, like." I don't want- <laughs> yeah, when you, I mean. I love the way that you ground it like in the personal, you know, like you ground it in these individuals experiences because so much of it in sports now and so much of it in life now is that like there are these like big forces, you know, signing a contract that says we will advertise the U.S. military during your product, basically like the consulting fees that the NF that the military has paid to the NFL in order to make it seem like this is the warrior sport. Like this is we mm-hmm. have this huge flag and we have these flyovers like the, all that shit is new. And it, yeah, I don't know who it's for other than like the person who is it's money laundering. Exactly. It's all bought in <laughs> like to the idea of American patriotism as the thing where you yell how much you love America all the time and not yeah. actually as the thing where like you empathize with a veteran's experience or like you empathize with the person who had a different experience growing up sitting next to you at the Dodgers game. And so, yeah. yeah. I mean, if we could wave it and get the DOD out of MLB, <laughs> yeah, would appreciate. It's gnarly. It's not, it's not great. And I, I mean, I say that fully owning a Dodger hat that's like camo. But uh, I that's that <laughs> speaks more to my like being a hillbilly who rode three-wheelers in the woods at seven <laughs> years old than it does to like, you know, being a patriot or whatever. But like, yeah, it's not, it's very new. And I personally, I, you know, I don't... Uh, I find it to be incredibly like garish. Like the thing that they did two years ago, like Nick Francona wrote about it, like wearing the poppies for, you know, uh, World War II or whichever for um, Memorial Day. You know, it's like that kind of shit doesn't bother me because that is about people. That's about people who've, you know, died and are not here anymore. That's not about like, you know, we're going to war on a Sunday afternoon at Dodger State. It's like baseball is not war. You know, like it is not. It's just not. It's just and a so game. I actually like can be a person who is anti-war and anti-imperialist and like 
anti-military industrial complex and also be like pro-soldier and have like tremendous respect for the whole thing. You know, like you can actually have all that. And to me, flyovers and these shirts that have like stars on them and they literally look like they're wearing soldiers uniforms like that is disrespectful to to the whole thing to me, to the whole choice, to the whole loss of life. You know, like it it actually is. Um and and I just it's it's garish and scary and I don't like it. You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's in really, our life really, all the time. No, that's a really interesting point. Um I also frankly just think those baseball jerseys look bad. I just yeah, like you can't I just, read them. They're just ugly. <laughs> yeah. That that also gets to at something that I don't I don't uh like about baseball these days is like how much of these games are just these merchandising stints, you know, like the mother's day, father's day games, like get your mother's day and your father's day hat. It's like, I don't need that. I, I, my two friends and I, we were watching, we were watching the old baseball game and, uh, we were watching these old games at the beginning of the pandemic. And like, I was, that was one of the things that I was looking for when we were watching, you know, like games from the eighties and nineties, like not even that old, but just how few people were wearing even hats. Like they just, they weren't even wearing hats of the team. Cause it just wasn't, we weren't overly merchandised the way we are now. Like a couple, you know, you'd have like a sweatshirt and stuff here and there, but it's not like full Jersey, full hat. Also a glove, you know, like all this shit that's like just merchandised out. It's like, it's not special, you know, it, it really waters down the experience to me. Yeah. Although, and then at the same time, you can't buy a Tatis jersey for the first six months that he's up in the major leagues and you want right, to support this course. player who you love and think it's really cool. Um, <laughs> because like, does that, he get any of that money? I don't know. I mean, I think the union probably gets some of that money and they distribute sure. it back to people. But, you know, then at the same at the same token, you can go on MLB.com and buy a Swarovski crystal Baltimore Orioles ball for four hundred and fifty five dollars. It's like, okay, guys, what are we doing here? Uh, (laughs) It sure is. Supply and demand is something that I was supposed to be taught. And I don't think that this applies in this case. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Where is the demand? Yeah, there's no demand Hmm. for that. Got to create it. Uh, Rhea Butcher, thank you so much. This was really fun. And thanks for having me. uh, Really I think exploratory of the current state of the game and exactly what we were looking for heading into the 2021 oh, season. Do you want to let yeah. everyone know where they can find, you know, three swings, any of the other stuff that you're working on comedy albums, oh, that sure. kind of stuff. Yeah. Three swings is back. Also, I didn't get to uh, tell you, Bobby, congrats on Francisco Lindor. I wanted to oh, say this, you. you know, face to face. I'm, I am truly happy for him. Like, I'm so happy for that guy. And like, honestly, I feel like, so I, I feel better loving him. If uh, it's not about me, obviously it's about Francisco Lindor. However, it's like, I just, I just want to see that guy shine and be the superstar that he's always meant to be, which he has been, but I feel like he will get to be even more. Um, and so I'm just glad I'm, I'm glad to see him in a different uniform and, uh, I'm glad to see, he's just like stoked and he's such a great guy. So I just wanted to say that happy Thank for you. you. I'm over the happy moon that he went. Yeah. He's speaking such a of great... merchandising. My Lindor Jersey is on the way. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's awesome. He's so great. He's so wonderful. Um, okay. So people can three swings is back up and running, put out the first episode of this season yesterday. So that's on forever dog. I'm on Twitter too much and Instagram. I do some Instagram lives usually every Sunday around 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's called Visitations. And that's just me at Rhea Butcher. And then I have a new album out called uh, 
pull yourself up by your bootleg. Uh, it's out on a special thing records. You can like stream it. It's on title of all places. Like you can oh, get it wow. pretty Hell much yeah. anywhere. Um, but I have like a little, uh, you know, um, limited pin that my friend Lindsay that did Lindsay Jones that did the artwork for the album also designed a little enamel pin. So you can go on a special thing, buy that for 10 bucks and then you get the download. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's uh, really just a show that I did and I've gotten a lot of feedback from dads and dads really love <laughs> that album. So if you go. are a dad or feel like a dad, this album's for you. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. We will, uh, we will put all of that, uh, in the description links Great. to all of that, where you can find, uh, all of Rhea's work. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. This thanks for wonderful. having me, you guys. Yeah. It was great to see you both and like happy baseball season. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just doing it. I'm in a fantasy. I'm in two fantasy leagues. I'm just like, it's happening. It's back in. I'm trying to have some hope, you know, <laughs> aren't we all lean, lean in baseball? Fam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like, cool. Okay. Well, we do what we can. <laughs> 100 days, 100 nights, no one man. Oh, oh, oh. Thanks to Rhea Butcher. As always, wonderful conversation. Uh, Rhea is one of our favorite guests to talk to. Uh, Three Swings Podcast, Alex. That's my favorite baseball podcast. Sorry to break it to you. Live on our baseball podcast. <laughs> when Rhea said that they probably know more about baseball than us right here, accurate. <laughs> I'm a very dumb baseball fan. We'll be having more conversations like this with some guests over the coming weeks. We think that you'll enjoy the selection uh, of smart people coming to grace us with their presence on this podcast. Um, so stay tuned over the next couple of weeks. And then, of course, at the end of this month, before the baseball season starts, we will be continuing our annual tradition of the all-gift draft, bringing on our friends around the baseball world to draft the players most likely to produce the best GIFs, moving images, G-I-F-S, GIFs, in the baseball world in the 2021 season. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. If you're a new listener of the podcast, please subscribe. Please follow us on Twitter, tipping underscore pitches. Please email us, tippingpitchespod at gmail.com. Uh, we forgot to say the number that you can call in the voicemail at the beginning of this show and complain about your team's owner or complain about the state of baseball, complain about uh, imperialism creeping into the sport, complain about anything. It's 785-422-5881. Anything else that I'm forgetting, Alex? You have a brand of can opener that you want to recommend <laughs> to the wonderful listeners of this show. <laughs> no, I actually, my can opener is... And probably in poor condition at this point. So if any of our listeners have have wrecks and can openers, or if you have alternate means of opening a can, I think both both Bobby and I and a certain Tiger's Top prospect would be interested in knowing this for future use. Just just tuck that one away. Just I'm really glad away. that you didn't say the, the brand of a can opener because no free ads, bro. No, no free ads. Free ads. Absolutely zero free ads on this podcast. Except for our except for all of our baseball podcast friends. <laughs> free ads. Free ads for all of them. Uh, thank you for listening to Tipping Pitches. Uh, we will be back next week.
everybody. Uh, I'm Alex Rodriguez. Tipping pitches. This is the one that I love the most. So we'll see you next week. See ya!